Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wit Glass Unfiltered. I'm your host, Courtney Huntington, and this is episode 66. Now, at the start of last episode, I told you that it was a really exciting episode, and then all I talked about was coffee. But this time, I really do have an exciting episode for you. And before I get to today's topic, now, that, that's not the right phrasing. It's not a topic. It's not a topic. It's, it's something much better than just a topic, though there are some topical elements. But before I get to whatever that is, I just want to talk about coffee. Today, I'm drinking some fair trade organic Bolivian blend from Trader Joe's that has a medium dark roast, sweet caramel flavor, medium body. Uh, let's see. Trader Joe's Bolivian blend coffee is a fair trade coffee that is sourced from small family farms in the land located between the peaks of the Andes and the Amazon Basin, the heart of Bolivian coffee country. It has the ideal growing conditions for this unique, perfectly balanced coffee. Our Bolivian blend is a medium dark roast with a smooth textured body, delicate acidity, and sweet flavor and caramel characteristics. Now, if that does not sound delicious to you, I'm sorry, because you're really missing out. This has become our go-to coffee for uh, our Eura Impressa C60. Now, keep in mind, I'm not sponsored by Trader Joe's or by Eura. I just mention stuff because it's stuff I enjoy. And I think that there's an important aspect, which I covered at length in the last episode of beverages and the consumption of beverages, such as coffee and tea. So here I am today drinking this, and it really is delicious. But I don't want to spend a lot of time today on coffee. I covered a lot about coffee in the last episode. Today, I want to share with you some of my original creations. And I think that they are particularly apropos for the current climate of our society. So I want to share them with you. I'm going to read several poems. They're not going to be in chronological order. They're going to be in, um, in an order. But really what it comes down to is... It's the first one that kicks the whole thing off, and it's out of order, out of chronological order. The others are going to be mostly probably in relatively chronological order, but the, the, um, the time between these poems is um, 5, 10, 12, 15 years. It, you know, so th- it's a wide range. These poems were not created to go together. They just happen, I think, to fit together in a particular way for this. And so I want to share them with you. So hopefully you'll enjoy today's poetry. This is uh, the third or fourth episode I've done with original work. And um, I think that you'll see how it fits, particularly as I read the first poem. And the first poem is titled Racial Unrest. Now, I I wrote it um, well over a year ago. Uh, closing in on a year and a half ago. Uh, so it was not created um, in connection with the recent events, but I do think it applies very nicely. Racial unrest. 
I saw a man at quite some distance walking. He walked in shadows and his face was hidden by the dark. I wondered if he might be dangerous and sought a place to hide. I looked around, the distance closed, and I began to fear. He stepped into a brighter place, and I could see his face. I saw that he was much like me, our coloring the same. I realized that I'd been a fool to be so full of fear, and I walked on to meet bravely this familiar stranger. With fifty paces still to go, I could see his smiling face. I knew I'd made the right decision, and I strode firmly toward this man like me. As we came close... He tipped his hat and smiled with his eyes. I smiled back and raised a hand to give a little wave. As he passed, he gave an extra grin and dipped his chin. I nodded back and turned again to see the path. Right then, I was surprised to find a pain beneath my ribs. I felt the sharpness of his blade sink deep as I dropped to my knees. I fell and rolled and looked at him, his smile now a smirk. I asked him why, but never heard as darkness closed my eyes. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I find the discussions about color, skin color, to be um, rather tedious. And I think it's partly because people on all sides of all colors tend to look at others different than themselves and uh, separate themselves. And unfortunately, in our society, it's too easy for us to think that because somebody is more or less like us, that they are therefore acceptable. And I find that idea to be hideous. So I want to share with you some poetry that connects to that idea. I believe that at a root level, we all must understand that we are schmucks. We are diseased. We are not healthy, well-adjusted people. None of us is. We are all damaged. We are all broken. And if you don't understand that, if you don't think that you are broken, then you are even more broken than you need to be. The first poem that I'll read that connects to that idea, and all the rest of the poems that I read will connect to that is titled, Watching. Watching you, I see myself, the good, the bad, the eloquent, the frightening, the innocent. And as I watch, I see myself reflected in your fine facade, a sure reprise of my jihad. Because I watch, I see myself recovering what I had lost since you ignored how much I cost. And so I watch and see myself discovering that life is sweet when sin is homeless on the street. Watching you, I see myself woven in your tapestry, the image of your majesty. The next poem I'll read is titled, Emptiness, Part 1. 
I fill my time with emptiness, empty dreams and empty schemes. Empty laughter, empty tears from empty entertainers fill my empty hours. These empty things remove no emptiness, fill no empty space. They are but an empty attempt, an empty effort to hide the emptiness inside the empty nothing of my empty heart. I want to empty myself of all the empty vanities that fill my empty life, but when I try to empty out my empty memories, empty accomplishments, and empty plans, I find the emptiness remains. I want to fill the empty void of my empty soul, but when I try to fill the emptiness with empty love and empty joy, with empty dollars, empty works, I find that I am empty still. And emptiness, if possible, has grown more empty. My empty striving for the solution to my empty self produces only greater emptiness. The emptiness I hope to fix is only worsened by my empty treatment. The empty cure is worse than the empty disease. The only way to end my emptiness is to empty myself of every empty thing that comprises empty me and let someone who's not empty remove my emptiness by adding something filling. I am inclined to think that brokenness and honesty about that brokenness is one of the foundations of healthy culture. The next poem is titled Broken. Broken on the ground I lay, crushed by the unpolished stone, rejected by the mason for the corner of the house. My bones were bare, uncovered, bleached by the sun. My flesh dissolved, my heart destroyed, until the voice that's echoed from eternity commanded me, Hear the word! My bones rejoined and sinews grew, flesh developed and skin enveloped me. The wind increased and breath infused each member of my body. My spirit woke, my tongue began the song that's echoed throughout history. <clears throat> Excuse me. The next poem which connects very closely and was written about the same time as the previous, is titled Disease. I lie here broken by my own incurable disease. There's nothing I can do to cure the illness that has hampered me throughout my life. Before I ever took a breath, this sickness took me, passed from generation of my family to the next from the very start of time. To my disgrace, I nursed it, fed it, and it grew, unhampered by any measures of prevention. I not only let it grow, allowed it, but I also gave it time and sustenance. Instead of recognizing its effects, I thought it was a friend, and time and time and time again I let it have its way. I overlooked its ill effects, its detriments, and even now that I have recognized the damage it has caused, it's so inveterate, ingrained, that I can hardly shake it loose. It makes itself adaptable because it knows what I intend before I even start to think it. It's made itself at home inside my heart, a parasite that reads my mind and understands my deepest motivations. It's taken root so deeply that there's nothing I can do. The only hope I have 
is for a rescue from the great physician, immediate attention to the leech that hopes to suck me dry. Without the help of outside forces, I will never live to tell the story of the one who died that I might live for good. I am inclined, as I said before, to think that our honest recognition of our own brokenness is one of the foundation pieces of healthy culture. I think that if you're honest with yourself, you'll acknowledge the same thing. I said in a previous episode that honesty is at the foundation of civilized discourse. It is absolutely essential for civilized discourse. We cannot have civilized discourse, which is one of the building blocks of healthy culture, without honesty. And one of the things that we must be honest about is our own condition, which is that we are broken. Okay, last poem for today is titled... The Wideness of God's Mercy. The wideness of God's mercy is more than I can see. His grace resounds more sweetly than the sweetest harmony. The measure of his love extends beyond the farthest sea. And yet I see and hear and feel it all bestowed on me. We live in troubled times. But if we're being honest, every time in the history of the world has been troubled. Every time is troubled because we as humans are troubled. You know what bothers me so much more than somebody being wrong? It's when somebody is dishonest. And hypocrisy is a form of dishonesty. Now, for the record, I cannot count all of the times in my life that I have been dishonest. But I think that if you're being honest you'll have to admit the same as well. By God's grace, I am far more honest today than I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I hope that By now, I am overwhelmingly honest. I 
I try really hard to be honest. But I would wager that there are still lies I tell myself. And that reminds me of a line from a song from my teenage years. The line goes something like this. The things we tell ourselves to make ourselves forget. Or is it believe? I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. The songwriters, or at least the song uh, singers, the musicians, the band, it's called Counting Crows. Uh, it was their first album, August and Everything After. And um, that line has always stuck with me. The things we tell ourselves to make ourselves. Of course, I say it stuck with me, but now I can't remember if it's believe or forget. But either way, it applies. Whether we're telling ourselves things to make ourselves believe or make ourselves forget, it's stuff we're telling ourselves. Often the stuff we tell ourselves isn't true. But we're convinced it is because we've said it so often. The things we tell ourselves. So in the middle of all of this that's going on in our American society today, I offer you up these very humble, thoughtful pieces about the brokenness of each of us. And I strongly encourage you to consider your own brokenness as you talk to the broken people around you with whom you may disagree. Thank you very much for being with me on this brief episode of Witglass Unfiltered. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to being with you again very soon. This is episode 66. Before long, we'll be at episode 70. And, you know, really before long, we're going to be at episode 100. Thank you for being with me on this journey. If you'd like to reach out and say anything to me, please feel free to write me at halfwit at wit.glass. That's H-A-L-F-W-I-T at wit.glass. Of course, please visit the website. A lot of things are coming up there. I know I've been saying it for a while, but they really are going to happen, and it really is going to happen really soon. I'm working with a designer to, to really improve the website in a lot of ways and add new features. I appreciate your patience while I assemble that. It is taking longer than I anticipated, and I should have known that it would take longer because I've been involved in this process on the other side of things before, and the customer's always impatient to get things out and going, uh, but anybody who's been part of a design process understands that these things just take time if you want them to uh, turn out right. And so I appreciate your patience. Please be looking for things. Right now, though, there is a button that you can press on the homepage that allows you to sign up for the newsletter. I encourage you to do that. Also, 
I would encourage you, if you're enjoying the show, to contribute financially. I don't have sponsors. I talk about coffee. I talk about things because I enjoy them. Now, I'm not opposed to sponsors. I think that I will probably have sponsors at some point, but I don't right now. And uh, I've been very grateful for those who have contributed. And if you'd like to be one of them, I encourage you, even if it's just a dollar or two dollars, every dollar helps and would make it possible to continue these efforts and even to pursue some of these things faster. So please consider doing that. I look forward to being with you again on the next episode of Whitglass Unfiltered, episode 67. For now, this is Courtney Huntington saying thank you for being with me today. Take care.